Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. But today on the show, it's a special look back at 2021. We've been doing our end of the year coverage with our top 10 films of the year, top 10 first time watches of the year. And now we're doing something we haven't really done before. Uh, We're taking a look at our top 10 film scores of the year, which as regular listeners of the show know I am a film music composer and so I thought it would be a fun thing to do here on the show and joining me is another film composer TJ Cross a good friend of mine for many many years basically my entire life and uh, he actually joined me a couple years back on the top film scores of the decade special episode and so we thought we'd uh, jump back in and do one of these for the year 2021 we have a great conversation coming up talk about a lot of great films a lot of great film scores before we get to that though i want to remind you as always to make sure you're subscribed to piecing it together wherever you listen to podcasts wherever you're listening right now you click that subscribe button done finished you get to hear all our new episodes as they come out so that would be awesome if you did that you could also rate and review us over on apple Podcasts. Podcasts or Spotify, also on Podchaser and Good Pods, and wherever else you can hit a five star button. Hit that five star button, and we really appreciate that. Also, follow us on social media at Piecing Pod and join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show continues. So, uh, with all that said, let's start talking about some film music from 2021. All right, my buddy TJ Cross is back with me to talk about some film scores. TJ, how's it going, man? How's it going, buddy? Haven't seen you since the wedding. I know, yeah, which was our first time seeing each other in quite a long time, but like it was great eight seeing years. you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think so. It sure seems like it. This is your first time on the show in a while, too, right? Was the, the top scores of the decade the last time I had you on? Yeah, it was like two years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah right yeah, at the yeah, turn yeah. of the decade and... I feel like we should have been doing this the whole time I've been doing this show, uh, looking back at the top scores of, of the year prior. Maybe we'll do it going forward. But today we're going to talk about 2021. Lots of uh, really interesting. I, I was about to say lots of great movies, but actually kind of not. I don't know. It, it was a weird year for movies. That's for sure. Weird year for movies and scores are continuing their trend of kind of, I feel like, fading in the background more and more. But, mm. but I will say mm. this. I think we've gotten over the phase of sound design and like they actually sound like scores again. Like they mm. actually sound like film scores to me. Whereas I feel like there's a few years there where they were kind of more sound designing, if that makes sense, versus sure. musical, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I think some of my picks might lean into that sound design stuff. But then, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of like very, you know, really classic and musical scores mm-hmm. that are also, uh, you know, I think going to probably come up in this conversation. It, there's really just so many movies now between theatrical and streaming and everything that there's just, I think there's room for everything. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And actually, I'm really excited that we had this exercise because I actually found a few scores that I didn't know about, listen to the score and then watch the movie. Nice. Um, to see if it like fit in. So it was actually kind of an exciting time for me. I really, I really found a few things that I think might shock you. I'm actually, I actually think my, my list is going to actually shock you. Well, I, I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah, I think in your head, you, you're like, oh, I know the, the kind of scores this guy likes. I think he's going to pick the, I think my top three will shock you. Okay. 
Well, yeah. I, I'm curious to see if we have any overlap, but uh, I guess we'll see what happens as we get through this. So yeah. let, let's start jumping in. We have a lot of movies, a lot of scores to talk about. What do you have for your number 10? My number 10 is my grumpy, I had to put it there, but it was a fantastic match to the film, and it is Dune by Hans Zimmer. All I'll say about it is Zimmer's drummy drum drum kind of score, but it really did fit into mm-hmm. the style of the movie, and I thought actually he did a really admirable job. Uh, but yeah. that's number 10, Dune. Awesome. Yeah. I don't have it in my top 10. It just narrowly missed it. It's probably an honorable mention for me. Um, I, I do think it's like a little too big almost. And that's funny because like all of his scores recently are that. Like that's just kind of what you go to Hans Zimmer for <laughs> lately. Yeah. But, uh, it, you know, it's just it's so freaking huge. But I mean, it's still a Hans Zimmer score and they're so damn listenable too, like just on their own aside, like separate from the movie. Um, it's just, just incredible stuff. Real, real quick before you move on to your 10, um, did you find on Dune that same kind of like Zimmer sound mix thing where the music was louder than everything else happening on the screen, which is a really interesting choice they're making a lot with his, his music lately. Have you noticed that in a lot of his Absolutely. films? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's a director thing too. Like I know yeah. for sure Nolan does it on purpose and I feel like uh, uh, Denis Villeneuve probably did it too. Like where they're just so in awe of what he comes up with <laughs> that they just want to make it as loud like, as possible. Forget what they're saying. Just listen to the score. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a, it's a weird trend. Very yeah. strange. But uh, my number 10, might surprise you actually a little bit uh, because it's just such like a a classically beautiful kind of film score. Uh, It's actually Nightmare Alley. Guillermo del Toro's newest film, uh, composer is Nathan Johnson, yep. and it, it's very piano-driven mostly, um, but also, you know, obviously set in a in a carnival. It's got that kind of carnival influence, also a lot of like creepy, like old-school horror influence to it. Uh, just really beautiful stuff, and the film itself, and, and this might come up multiple times through this conversation. Films have gotten like super long lately, and mm-hmm. uh, the biggest problem with Nightmare Alley, I think, is its length, and I would say the score as well. It just keeps going and going and going. Yeah. But what's there is really, really beautiful stuff. So I loved, just I know it's not a film conversation, but I loved Nightmare Alley. I actually thought Good. it was a really great film. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. It made my honorable mention list, just so you know. It was my honorable mention nice. for awesome. um, score. So slight great. overlap. Hell yeah. Well, uh, let's go to number nine. What do you got? All right. So for number nine, <laughs> I have The Green Knight. Uh, by heart um i thought you know this score first of all i'm a a fan of the movie um Mm -hmm. and i thought this score fit so well it kind of reminded me and this is going to be a little bit weird but robin hood prince of thieves um not as melodic but it just had that like guttural like violin sound and there's a track on there called rest thy bones my brave little knight and i just love that track it's like in my headphones i'm going for walks all the time so number nine the green knight by heart I, I love this because my number nine is also the green <laughs> and, and the, the track that I spotlighted on my list here is rest in bones. My bright, brave little night. It is just <laughs> such a weird and cool mm-hmm. piece of music. Just all that otherworldly, like vocalizing and, and it's just such cool stuff in there. I also wrote down, uh, I promise you will not come to harm is kind mm-hmm. of like the big memorable standout. I think yeah. that was even the trailer. But yeah, it's a very, very cool score. And I don't know if you remember in our uh, conversation about the best scores of the decade, I also had Daniel Hart's previous collaboration with David Lowry, A Ghost Story, Mm -hmm. uh, which I I really love this guy's work. And he's only done a few, but um, I'm really, really interested to see what he does in the years to come. Yeah, he's awesome. So uh, let's jump right ahead. What do you got for number eight? Number eight by what I feel is the sort of, not the same style, but he's becoming the 
composer of the decade, Johnny Greenwood's The Power of Dog. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that movie's awesome. And the score is just, I love, I'm a, I'm a sucker for that Western vibe, that Western earthy sound. Um, some of my favorite tracks are literally West and also 25 Years or even The Sweet from that whole thing. I mm-hmm. love that score. I think that score is a lot of fun. I think it fits the film perfect. Big fan. And obviously Johnny Green, Greenwood is just like the new big composer on the block, I feel like. Yeah, crazy. They had two amazing scores this year between that and Spencer. And uh I will talk a little more about the power of the dog later on in this. So, yeah. All right. All right. What do you have? <laughs> so, number eight, I've got The Lost Daughter. Dickon Hincliffe, which I've never heard of this composer before, but uh, directed by Maggie Gyllenhaal, uh, a, a late entry uh, on this list. It just came out at New Year's, actually, on December 31st it was released. But um, I haven't seen it, haven't heard it. it it's very good, it. a very good movie. Not not a super unique score, but it's just very like soulful and beautiful. It feels like a lot of like classic soulful music uh the the lead track uh letta named after the main character uh it could just be like a classic soul song just instrumental and like a lot of these tracks are like set against what is essentially a very like kind of depressing and dark film like mm-hmm. kind of playful in their um in their soulfulness and so they they kind of like really juxtaposes that and just really elevates the film i think a lot and there, there's a lot of standouts on here i, I mentioned letta but um there's a track called octopus it's just really kind of plays with the the whole thing just so much and uh it gets a little more somber and more like in in line with the actual uh story with like a track like Pinecone or unnatural mother uh but yeah th- there's a lot to love on this score so totally it's somber it's you said yeah, totally that, it's somber i would say it the film is somber but the mm. music really kind of plays with that quite a bit along mm. the way so it, it it makes for an interesting uh an interesting score overall a- a- another thing i really liked about it too is um it all kind of feels like one evolving piece from the beginning to the end and you know, you don't always get that a lot with with film scores. Like sometimes they just kind of feel like a collection of pieces of music, but this yes. really all feels of one piece. Nice, nice. All right. So, uh, what do you got for number seven? So, number seven is a movie that I forking love. Little Fish, Keegan Dewitt. I think it is uh, kind of similar to what you just said. It's the perfect fit. Is it necessarily a score I'm listening to in my headset when I'm walking around? Probably not. But actually, it's not because it's not my 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 playlist. But <laughs> for fitting the film, absolutely dead on. Um, the I wrote like a note called "Vibe." It just reminds me of life. I mean, it's so general, but that's just, <laughs> sure. just kind of score it is. And uh, my favorite track on that is "I Was So Sad the Day I Met You." I I just mm. I love that film. Uh, that scene in particular is just really powerful. And I think it does what a score should do. It uplifts the scene. So little fish. I'm really happy that you saw this movie. Not a lot of people saw it and, uh, it's great. It's absolutely great. And it will come up on my list later on. (laughs) Nice. What do you got for number seven? (laughs) Number seven might've been higher on my list, but I wasn't sure it's a sequel and I wasn't sure just how much of it comes from previous entries in the series. So that's why I didn't put it higher up on my list. But I love this score so much. Adam's family? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not exactly. Uh, it is The Matrix Resurrections. The score is from actually filmmaker Tom Tickfer mm-hmm. uh, and Johnny Klimek. And this score, much like the movie, goes as insanely over the top mm-hmm. as can possibly be. I know we kind of had a conversation in, in mm-hmm. private. You, you aren't really a big Matrix fan, right? Uh, no, I don't think it, it 
aged well. We got in a little text fight about it, remember? Yes. <laughs> um, I, I will say this. I mean, how can you deny the first one? And I think universally everyone talks about two and three being meh. But yeah, uh, I just, I, I rewatched it and I, I just didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel it. Did you watch the new one? I did. Did you like the new one? Um, I need to watch it again because it's very meta. And yeah, I feel it's like very, I, very meta. I feel like I need to, um, I really need to watch it again. I think, listen, even though I wasn't a fan, I was super excited, right? So mm -hmm. when I was seeing this movie, I was super excited. And sometimes you go in watching a film super excited, you kind yeah. of miss it in a way, yeah. you know, because you're just like, you just want, what are they going to do? What's the big twist? What's the big, you know, sure. the big ending that I already heard about before I saw it kind of got spoiled for me. So I was kind of like, okay, where's it going? What's the messaging here? Blah, blah, blah. But sure. I will say this real quick about that score. Very good. And Tommy Boy helped write Cloud Atlas, if you remember right. from our decade. And yeah. uh, it's my literally my favorite score of the past decade. So I'm a huge fan. I think he's a really talented, multi-talented guy. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm happy you put it on there. I, I don't deny that it's, it's a good score. Yeah. And, and the only other thing I wanted to mention about it is the original Matrix, great, just straight up electronic score, basically. Matrix 2 and 3 tried to blend Orchestral that electronic big. score yeah. with more of like a old school action almost mm -hmm. spy music type thing yeah. that they were trying to do and it was so bad i agree and i feel like here they finally hit the balance between big blockbuster action and that electronic and yeah i mean i think tom tickford is probably a big part of why it works yeah. so well this time he's fantastic around. i love him he's he's awesome yeah so what do you got for number six this one might actually shock you i don't even I, you might also be like you saw this uh <laughs> it's minari And it's uh, the I actually don't know the Masari I think yeah Emel right? Masari you say yes 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 thank you um, so not a person I know very well to be frank um, but it stood out to me when I saw the film like it just mm. jumped out to me the score and ethereal kind of music is not my thing I mm. am a classic like I want to hear all that melody I want to meet your face you know eighties nineties guy kid. Um, yeah. this is extremely ethereal, extremely sits in the back, but it, it just had this, like this, this ethereal classical vibe. I don't know what it was about it, but I thought it fit the film so well and it really got to me. And so because it just got to me and I can't explain why it's on my list as number six. So, you know, what's funny about Minari? Uh, first of all, we didn't do one of these lists last year, but this was my number one score of last year. But um, it's 2021 when it came out. So yeah. And that's what I was going to say is that especially since covid release dates have become so freaking weird and especially when you uh when when you factor in like end of year award type films yeah. that only get the limited release and then don't come out in wide release until the following Got year it. So yeah, I had already seen this. It was like nominated for awards last year. And like, yeah. it, it's like, uh, release dates mean nothing now though. So <laughs> it's like, this was wait, but more importantly, this was number one for you last year. This huh? was my number one last year. I, I love this composer. He also did uh, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, which mm -hmm. was one of my favorite scores of the last decade. Um, he, he's just absolutely fantastic. So yeah, I mean, it's funny. Yeah, it's number six for me this year, but uh, yeah, I'm glad you liked it because it really stood out to me. So good. Absolutely great. What do you got for number six? My number six is Shiva Baby. Ariel Marks, directed by Emma Seligman, which <laughs> is a really yeah. weird, funny little movie that mm -hmm. uh, takes place at a Jewish shiva and is essentially a comedy, but is, because of the score, really, really made to feel like a horror movie, basically, mm -hmm. because everything is so anxiety-driven, and this score, with all its plucky strings and like big-time horror influence, just really drives home that feeling of like, oh, God, what is going to happen? What, what uh, Being around people is like the worst thing imaginable, <laughs> and it's like really makes the movie stand out, makes it so great. Uh, the, the track Anxiety Attack is like a perfect example of that. Uh, but then the score actually gets very pretty in places as well. Uh, the, the title track Shiva Baby also kind of like 
showcases that just how nice this score can get when it wants to but most of the time it keeps you completely on edge and is what like really sells the point the movie's trying to make this would be my number 11 it was my honorable mention for me nice um i in 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 a different mood day it would have been number 10 like it just really was back and forth between that and dune so i'm glad you put it on your list i love it nice Awesome. What do you got for number five? Now you got me thinking like, man, I hope this isn't a 2020 movie. Um, <laughs> Misha and the Wolves. Okay. Uh, Nick Foster. Why? <laughs> I wrote why the reason? Because I could have done it. It was literally the first film score i've ever heard in a in a film where i was like wow that sounds like me and i could have done that and usually it's gonna this is gonna be a reverse ego thing listen usually when i listen to film scores i go i'm not good enough for that i'm not good enough for that <laughs> and i rarely ever hear like a great score yeah and i'm like wow this guy wrote a great score and i'm like and also i could have done that like that like totally my style so anyway um, Nick Foster, I'm a big fan anyway. Uh, mm -hmm. my favorite track, just to call it out, is a, a Woman with a Secret, Evelyn and the Journey. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a huge fan of the score and I'm, I'm an, I'm an average fan of the film. Okay. Well, th this is actually the first one on the list that I haven't seen yet. So I'm, I'm going to have to seek this out and, uh, take a listen to the score as well. And, uh, don't sell yourself short, TJ, because <laughs> I, I, I love your score. I, I hear things all the time where I'm like, TJ could have done that. So, you know, thanks buddy. What do you got for number five? Number five is a little movie called Pig. <laughs> Starring Nicolas Cage, directed by Michael Sarnowski, and scored by Alexis Grapsus and Philip Klein, who I'm not really familiar with any of their other work, but um, it's just a fantastic Americana-type score. Uh, the film itself like kind of keeps you guessing about what's going to happen the whole time it they kind of sold it as this like revenge thing yeah. but then it really becomes just a, a much more character driven piece and the score kind of plays with that same expectation to where you're not really quite sure where it's headed at any given point and kind of goes between a lot of different styles but keeping everything you know, firmly in that Americana kind of feel. There, there's a track called Hate Me to the City that's just mm -hmm. one of the coolest pieces of music I've heard this year. Uh, Tell Me Who You Are, which is just super badass and like one of like Cage's like big scenes. And the score just keeps getting better as it goes on. Um, there's just so much good stuff on here. Also Nick Cage for life. I love oh, Nick yeah, Cage. Absolutely. Um, I want him to get bigger and bigger movies again. I, I miss Nick. Yeah. Um, So interesting about Pig is... And, and I did this post making my list, but I was curious to like, see like what I was curious to see where I matched up with our top 10 list. And that thing came on everybody's list. Oh, like yeah. literally like I went like to 30 different, like, you know, film score rejects and screen, all these sites. Right. And like, it was like on everybody's list. Um, I didn't love it. Mm -hmm. Uh, but like, I'm definitely in the wrong here because you and like everybody else like really raves about pig. So awesome. It's a very specific kind of a movie and like, yeah, I, I do think that they maybe did themselves a little bit of a disservice by selling it as one thing when it's really another thing. Another thing. But yeah. uh, what, what it is though is a very unique and interesting thing. And, you know, Nicolas Cage getting a chance to do something that he could really sink his teeth into is just is an nice. awesome I gift. Cage. Yeah, He's I the agree. best. He is the best. So uh, four. So four through one was actually a real struggle for me. Yeah, there's so many things I like about these top four scores, and 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 I know we started this by saying like you know it was a weird year for movies, kind of a so that obviously makes it a weird year for for film scores. But I was actually pleasantly surprised that there was a lot of good film scores out there, a lot of good work out there, and so the top four was a struggle. And so for number four, a little Joaquin Phoenix film called C Apostrophe Mon, C Apostrophe Mon. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know I'm kidding. Yes. <laughs> The Desner brothers, Bryce Desner and Aaron Desner. Um, mm. I mean, my, my why was, have you seen this film? The score is this film. I feel like you'd have to be the worst composer in the world to do a bad score to this film. Right. Like, it's, this it's film, so it just, it lends itself to being like, you have to have good music. Like, you, 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 how could you mess this up? And the film's amazing. I think the score is amazing. 
And I don't I like literally the whole thing. And and I think you said for a previous film, I forgot what film you called out, but like where the score was just like so consistent throughout. That's mm. what I felt about this score. It was just it was so consistent without becoming boring or repetitive. And so right. that is my number four. Yeah, no, great, great pick. This was one I thought about going back to. Um, I, I remember really liking it when I watched the uh, the film, but I, I did not actually get a chance to re-listen to this one and making my list. But uh, I, I'm going to have to go back to it now after you brought it back up because I do remember it was really good. Yeah. What about you? All right, number four for me is a film called Oxygen. <laughs> by a composer named Rob. I don't know. This. It's uh, directed by Alexandra Asia. It's um, a very big synth score. Um, and you know, I, I love a good synth mm-hmm. score. And uh, this guy also composed uh, Gretel and Hansel back in uh, oh, 2020, yeah. which is one of my favorite scores of 2020. Uh, and this one just as good. Um, it, it's interesting. Normally when you think of synth-based scores, you don't really think of memorable mm-hmm. um, melodies. But... This one has some really memorable stuff in it. The, uh, the the track Open is, I would say, probably the big standout. And the, that melody is one of the things that's kind of like dug itself into my brain throughout the year, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I just constantly go back to that. Um, but then built around all of that is just lots of really great, just show-off-y synth stuff. And this is like a very kind of high-tech horror type of movie it's it's one okay. of these one location films where this woman is stuck inside this pod in the future in like a spaceship and her air is depleting and basically the whole movie takes place in the pod and so really it gives the composer just so much room to just go big go big and go heavy and just go all out with with anything they could think of synth wise and uh it's very reminiscent of of a lot of classic sci-fi scores but at the same time uh plays with lots of crazy synthy stuff that makes it fun i haven't heard of this movie it's great it it was an early in the year movie it was on netflix it was a netflix original check it out yeah it's 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 good nice all right we're getting a top three territory here three all right, so for number three, it's kind of a classic kind of score that I love. A lot of piano, a lot of strings, a lot of heart and emotion. It's Nine Days by Antonio Pinto. I mean, it's, it, there's, there's this one, well, there's actually two. Well, I mean, do you know the movie? I, you know what, I haven't seen it. I've, okay. I've heard great things about okay. it, though. So there's a character's Will and Emma. Anyway, there's two tracks, Will and Emma and then Emma. And that theme that kind of plays out throughout the film is just, I mean, it just, it gets me. So uh, yeah, Nine Days. Uh, it's beautiful. It really, if you haven't heard it, go out and listen to it. It's gorgeous. I'm going to have to check that one out. Yeah, I remember hearing a lot of good things about the film, and Film's I have not gotten man. a chance yet. Yeah, it's so beautiful. You definitely need to go check it out, man. It's beautiful. Awesome. Well, my number three is one we've talked about a little bit uh, earlier. It's The Power of the Dog. Johnny Greenwood. um, Just a fantastic score. And yeah, I mean... He is such an exciting composer. I mean, from his stuff with Paul Thomas Anderson to just everything else he's been doing, two scores, not with Paul Thomas Anderson, but uh, yeah, so many great standouts on this. Uh, the Ravine, I, I wrote down, just kind of sounds Ooh, yeah. like an Ennio Morricone score. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miss Nancy Arrives is another <laughs> one I wanted to point out. It's just really playful and weird and kind of th- this film is very like you know, as heavy as it can be, it's also kind of playful in that. And, and that score just really kind of pulls that out. And there's so much like dissonance to what he does. And, uh, it's just, he, he does a lot of really cool stuff on here, all squarely within the, the Western vibe. Yeah. I love, I love that score. Like I said, I'm glad you put it on there and he's, he's, he's like, I mean, he's the now and I feel like the future. So yeah, absolutely. So what do you got for number two? All right. So for number two and one kept flip-flopping, but I'm going to go with Mothering Sunday for number two by Morgan Kibbe.
I mean, I, this is just another one of my kind of scores where it's just like all super emotional and deep. And yes, it's ethereal, but it's also a lot of melody in there. And um, first of all, have you seen Mothering Sunday? So this is the first one that you've kind of stumped me on. I don't even know this movie. And I see Olivia Coleman's in it, and I yeah. don't know this movie. Yeah. How did this go under my radar? <laughs> well, my friend, finally, finally. Yeah. Um, there are, uh, I, so I don't want to give anything away, actually, because knowing you, I know eventually you'll probably go out and see it. Sure. Um, it's, I don't want to give anything away. All I will say is there's a couple tracks on there that are on my walk around playlist when I want to get deep in my mood and cry in front of people in front of Target. And it's Rising, Come to Millie, Maids on the Train, and Resonance. It's, uh, that score is just, oh God, man, it's beautiful. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the movie. Yeah. Film is very good too, Dave. Really, go see it. Seriously, it's a oh, great film. Absolutely, absolutely. What do you got? Number two, again, one we've talked about, it is Little Fish, Keegan DeWitt. Just uh, absolutely fantastic score. I almost made this my number one, but I decided to uh, keep it at number two. Uh, just some of the things we talked about earlier. I mean, it's just so hauntingly beautiful. It kind of rides this line between, you know, the love story of it all, but with just how uh, dark everything gets. And, and I, I actually wrote down that it, we talked about Emil Masseri earlier with, with Minari. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of his work, uh, especially yeah. his work in The Last Black Man in San Francisco. But yeah, it's just really, really cool score. And it, it really drives home just not only how sad the the premise of the film, which is about this pandemic where people are losing their mm -hmm. their memory, um, just how sad that would be, but also how scary that would be, and just Imagine. you know that that melancholy, but with the horror and the romance, and just all of that kind of meshed together so beautifully. Yeah, I agree. Real quick, I want to talk about little little fish real fast because that sure. movie obviously is super impactful, particularly given our past two years, right, in this world yeah. and. And, and, you know, just so many, it, it just, it really hit the nail on the head. And I, I, I couldn't like that movie, like, how do I explain it? Like that it, it panicked me, scared me. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Like I was like, really like, like anxious. Yeah. That's like, like after that film finished, like I was anxious. Like that's, I, I just, just a side note a little, like that movie just really like, I was uncomfortable. I remember like, like pacing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like I was just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so cause losing your memory, like a memory thing. After everything we've been through, it is yeah, that that hits hard. Absolutely yeah. hits hard. So so I'm gonna throw a curveball at you. Mm -hmm. I have two number ones, but hear me out for a second. Uh oh. The reason is because one's not a pure score, okay? Okay. One is a modern day opera. <laughs> I think you know what it is, right? Probably, but take a guess. What do you think I'm gonna say? Um I, I was going to say West Side Story. No. Oh, no, 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 no. That's because okay. that's, that's really like a 1958. Like, I don't consider that like a modern. No, no, no. It's not modern day. It's okay. not a modern day, yeah. Annette? Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So, Hear Me Out by Sparks. So, Annette, it's more like there's just, it's, I don't know if I can call it a score. It was kind of a hard one for me because it's kind of like a musical opera slash, you know, there's all that singing going on and stuff. So, so yeah. I don't know, but I just thought it was out of this world. So it's a I, wild, I just, it's wild, 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 epic, crazy, off your like just nutso kind of film. And also, the I just I love the music, so I just wanted to put that yeah. there. But the real score, number one, the real number score is the reason I jump. Um, do you know that film? I do not. You're pulling okay. some uh, interesting ones out here. It's about it's about an autistic kid, but um, it it the reason is because of that. So the score really is so simplistic and detailed in its execution um, that I was blown away with the fact that. Oh, by the way, I can't say this composer's name. Desai Desai, I think it's D E S A I. Mm -hmm. um, the score comes off super simple, and what I love about this composer is that. The execution in the fact that it tried to create sound that of an autistic person would understand 
And so there was so much detail and so much little things going on in the background that, frankly, if you're watching the film, you're not going to hear mainly because of sound design. But if you actually listen mm. to the score outside of that, you're hearing all these little other things that, that is supposed to, to, to enact a sense of what people who are autistic hear and see and feel versus what like someone who is not walking yeah. around the world just hears a simple melody, right? And so I thought that was really beautiful and I thought the execution on that was amazing and it's something I've never seen or heard before. Um, it's a beautiful score in general anyway, but it's a lot more going on than you, you think. And just some favorite tracks are the entire thing, maybe the prettiest of a dandelion. Um, so yeah, the reason I jump is my number one score of last year. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I do remember it now that you're, you're describing the film and everything. I remember hearing about this and I did not get a chance to see it. Uh, I, I noticed two of the films on your list were documentaries, right? Yes. Yeah. So illegal. No, absolutely okay. Okay. legal. And, and, uh, 2021 is a year that I have, uh, slacked on my documentary watching. So okay. I, I missed quite a few of these, but, um, yeah, that, that sounds like a great film though. And the execution's I, I, amazing. Yeah. And, and just the way of trying to like do something completely unique and original with the score, which is, you know, a difficult thing to do. Yeah. Um, that, that's really cool. Yeah. What do you got? I think I know now. Yeah. But number one. I, I, this is kind of not really the kind of thing I would normally pick for like this high up on a list of mine, but this score just totally dug itself into me, man. And it is the last duel. I love this score so much. Harry Gregson Williams, directed by Ridley Scott. And uh, this movie, you know, I, I it didn't make my top 10 of the year. It's it's good. I like it quite a bit, but I didn't love I just it. Saw but it, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a good, good. movie. Um, but this score just is everything I would want out of like an epic, over-the-top, <laughs> dramatic type of a score. And I just think that Harry Gregson Williams just did the most perfect version of that and everything about it just is memorable to me and mm -hmm. beautiful and awesome and it's like the one score that i just picture myself just listening to over and over again for like long periods of time when i watched this movie um after i after you know it finished and the credits rolled and everything i sat there on the dvd menu just listening to this like the dvd <laughs> nice. menu music over and over again i just love this score it's in so his much house for sure yeah it, it's so good and the funny thing is uh he actually scored both of ridley scott's 2021 movies and i did not like his music for house of gucci at all so it just he scored shows... gucci too i didn't know that he did it, it's oh. mostly a soundtrack based uh film though there's yeah. not that much score to it. it's very minimal but the little bit that he did i just was like you know and and yeah. so when I saw this, I was like, well, there he is. You know, yeah, that's yeah. the good stuff right yeah, Mr. there. Mr. Shrek himself. Yep. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just fantastic stuff here. And uh, lots of great picks the, between all of us. You had a, a few Did surprises a in there for Did me. Did we have we any had, overlap? We, we had dog, more overlap right? than I expected, actually. Yeah. We had... Uh, Little fish, we power had, dog. We had two or three. But um, yeah, yeah, no... Uh, Really, really good stuff here. Do you have any yeah. other honorable mentions you wanted to throw out there? So Nightmare Alley was one of them. Um, mm -hmm. Like I said, pulling like a weird one because I thought Annette was really cool. And then I would actually say, here's here's my, because I always have to have an animated film, but it was a horrible year for animated films and um, their scores. But I will say an honorable mention will go to Rhea, James Newton Howard, old school. Okay. Um, just the, the very classic, typical, you know, melodic, heroic kind of sounding soundtrack. But um, yeah, like we said in the beginning, the, the pool was smaller because of the pandemic this year, I think, on what we mm. were able to like, you know, get out in 2021. Looking forward to this year, by the way, particularly mm -hmm. for movies and film scores. But yep, that's it for me. Those are my two honorable mentions. Yeah, I'll throw a couple extras in here. Um, well, and also I'll just say as far as animated movies are concerned, uh, Luca had a nice score, I thought. I it was, was yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. But mm -hmm. uh, I'll I'll throw in uh, the French Dispatch. Uh, you know, I I, I loved uh, his previous. Yeah, I loved his previous one. The Grand Budapest Hotel made my number well, one. Grand Budapest Hotel is a fantastic score. Yeah, yeah. this isn't yeah. quite as good. It, it is. It, it almost feels like B sides to that, but it's yes. still a lot of fun. Since you brought up Annette, I'll bring up one that kind of I left off my list, even though I really loved it, mainly because it's uh, mostly song based, and that's why I left it off. Uh, but it's the harder they fall, the uh, the cowboy movie on Netflix. It's I don't know so this much one either. Fun. 
Oh, oh it's great. Okay. Great, great. And uh, yeah. Jay-Z produced the score. It's all like Western hip-hop type music. It's so good. Then I'll also throw in there uh, Clint Mansell, who you know I love, scored a film called In the, the Earth. Oh, yeah. With the plants? Yes. Yeah. What yeah. a fan... You know the story behind what he did, right? Because it's kind of crazy. Just hard well, to I know, to. I know he works in a lot of really weird like frequencies and all. It's a very experimental he, score. He put microphones like in plants and stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and like, like, and that's the thing. It was just kind of hard to listen to, but like brilliant for the film, right? Right. Yeah. 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 yeah it's always cool when, when somebody could actually like push things in a unique direction because film scoring, it's film scoring. Yeah, you exactly. I mean? There's, a, there's so, a, there's a pattern for sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, yeah, the, that's uh, that's my honorable mentions. I I think we got a uh, a lot of good stuff in here. Um, what uh here here I'll throw you another one. What do you think yeah. will be? This is completely like you're pulling it out of the air. But what film do you think this year coming out hasn't come out yet? Hasn't come out yet. Okay, is going to have an incredible score with it. Can you think of one? Oh boy, um, it has the potential of having an incredible score. That's a really good question. I mean, one movie that I'm really excited about, and I have no idea what to expect about mm-hmm. the score, uh, and I'm not even sure who's scoring it, but Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, the new mm-hmm. film from Daniels, they they directed Swiss Army Man, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you remember that score, but it was all done with, with mouths, Mouth. with voices. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was so weird and so cool. So I know that they do interesting stuff when it comes to their scores, so I, I'm curious to see how that comes That's going to play out. Yeah, that could be a good one for sure. Yeah, cool. Do you do you have a do you have one? I just completely pulled the question out because I thought it'd be fun to pull a question out on you, but oh, I haven't thought about you. any of it. No, <laughs> I appreciate it. I, I like that question. That was good. <laughs> All right, maybe well, next year, huh? Yeah, I I I hope that we do, TJ. And I, I thank you so much for doing the show again. Yeah, of and uh, yeah, me. anything you want to plug or anything? No, I want to plug okay. you. Go listen you to Dave's to... piecing it together. Yeah. And if Bird Road ever comes back, listen yeah. to Bird Road. It should this week. We'll see good. what happens. Good, good, but, good, good. Yeah. Hi, this is Wax Tracks Records here on 2909 South Decatur. We buy all your old 45s, your old albums, any type of music memorabilia. Also, we sell music memorabilia, albums, CDs, and a lot. Come on down to Wax Tracks, 2909 South Decatur, or give me a call at 702-362-4300. Thank you very much. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation with TJ Cross about some of our favorite film scores of 2021. Were there any big ones that we missed that we uh, should have brought up here? Uh, get in touch. Let us know what your favorite film scores of 2021 were. Get in touch on social media, at PiecingPod on Twitter is where I'm the most active. Also in my Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. And uh, also, you could always just email me, get in touch. My email's in the show notes and on my website and all that stuff, piecingpod.com. So I love hearing from people, hearing what they think about the show and getting people to get involved in what we do here. Also, always looking for new guests, so get in touch about that as well. So if you do like what we do here on the show, we would really appreciate your five-star rating. You could do that at Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Podchaser, Good Pods. And while you're at it, hit the subscribe button. Make sure that you are subscribed for all our future episodes. we got a lot on the way, a lot of new 2022 movies. Might have one or two more looks back at 2021 uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll see what happens. It's it's hard to say nowadays. I, I I feel like ever since the pandemic, which obviously we're years into at this point, but I feel like I'm just kind of flying by the seat of my pants and planning for this podcast. But hey, we keep going. We've had at least one episode, if not two, a week for the past couple of years. So uh, even if I don't know what's happening in the future, something's happening. That's for sure. So. Yeah, thanks everybody for listening. If you like the show, you can also share it, and we really appreciate when you do that. That helps get us in front of all new listeners, and that's what we want to do here. So let's close this thing out with a piece of music like I always do. And as a film music composer who composed music for two feature films in 2021, both of which are not out yet in any way that you can see them. Uh, They're in the festival circuit right now and seeking distribution and all that. But I figured I'd play some music from one of those films right now. And this is something I have not played on the show before. It's from a film called Inexistent, 
which uh, I, I composed for a director named Benny Flames, and we had a uh, screening here in Vegas earlier in 2021 that went really well, and it's been doing great out in the festivals, and uh, hopefully you get to see it at some point. But I'm going to play for you towards the end of the film. There is a uh, kind of like a flashback, and some of the main themes from throughout the film all kind of come back, and that's what this is. It's the inexistent suite, and it brings back a bunch of what's happened previously in the film, and so you get to hear a nice little cross-section of a lot of what's happening within the score in this one piece. So this is inexistent suite. I may release this entire score as an album in the future once the film comes out. We'll see what happens. If not, it'll have definitely end up on the patreon at some point so one way or another you're going to get to hear the whole score and see the whole film so that is on the way hope you enjoy this we'll be back with more piecing it together coming real soon Thank you. 
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.